Christmas. What a special time of the year, uh, celebrated worldwide, but I just think that there's no party like, like the, a party in the church for Jesus. I, I love it. Um, I know that today is Christmas Eve, and uh, maybe many of you parents, mothers, fathers, grandparents, maybe today it's, it's like full-on Project Christmas today because you've got to prepare some things for tomorrow morning. I remember a few years ago, I remember telling this story a while back, but several years ago, um, our December was a little hectic, and I had a, a plan to uh, make something unique for uh, our twins for Christmas. The problem was my timeline was going to be really tight because I had spent the first part of December actually uh, in Haiti doing missions work with Convoy of Hope. And so I was in Haiti for, I was gone I think 12 days and, and I, I get back from, from this, this missions work and, and now like it's, I got this short timeline, I got like 10 days till Christmas and I, so it was full Project Christmas mode uh, for dad because I had a, this plan to build for my uh, adrenaline rushed twins at the time a quarter pipe skate park and uh, and so I so when I got back from Haiti uh, I told the whole family nobody is allowed in the garage and every night when they're in bed they heard me sawing and hammering and and, and I built this enormous quarter pipe skate park with a, all kinds of stuff for Christmas that, that, uh, that day. And, and it was a great surprise. I, no one knew what in the world I was doing out there. And uh, I, I'm, I'm not all that handy. And so uh, I actually had to enlist some help from other people at one point. But, uh, but, but that's, that's like kind of the excitement. It's like that as a parent, you're putting in all this work behind the scenes. And your kids have no idea what's coming. Or, or maybe uh, you have a special gift for a spouse and, and you, you've taken some steps to make sure that like you can get just the right gift that they won't know about. And you know all the details working up to it and you're waiting for this final moment where they will be surprised and you see the joy in their face. Well, just like a parent that is on has a Christmas project that they're working on behind the scenes. The Lord set out on a Christmas mission in order to bring the greatest gift of all, to bring the greatest gift to all his children. And, and actually, the Lord set out on this Christmas mission 1,800 years before the gift would be given. Before the very first Christmas morning, 800 years before, the Lord went to work on Project Christmas. The story began in ancient times in an ancient land with a man named Abraham. You see, God was looking to create a people, to create a culture by which the Savior one day would come. And we see in Genesis chapter 12, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, go from your people, from your father's household to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. 
and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. And so God, 1,800 years before Christmas, started on a Christmas mission that he was going to formulate a nation of people by which one day the Savior would come from. And it started with this one man, Abram, Abraham. There was a couple problems, if you know the story. Abraham was old, in his 90s. Problem number two, his wife, Sarah, also old. Problem number three, no children. You see, to become a great nation, it had to start with a family that grew so large that they needed so much land that they became a nation. Yet God made a promise to this elderly man and his elderly barren wife that they would become a great nation that would bless all the people. Of course, now we know that the blessing of all people was that the Messiah came through that nation, that great family. But God chose Abraham. Abraham at the time was polytheistic. He worshipped many gods. He worshipped the sun god. But then God called him out. And he, asked, and he even asked the Lord, well, which God are you? We have all these gods. Which God are you? And he said, I'm El Shaddai, the Lord Almighty. The first thing I want you to know this Christmas Eve is that God is prepared to start a relationship with you. You see, God was, it was preparing for years, centuries, a millennia for Christmas. And he initiated relationship even with Abraham. He called him out, and God is calling us out. God has called me out. He is calling people out, and he is prepared to start a relationship with you. I think the number one thing that God wants every Christmas is to start a relationship with somebody new. God is prepared to start a relationship with you. He initiated with Abraham. And that's the thing about God is God always makes the first move. And those of you that are married, you might remember the first move. You know, the first move, the one that takes the first move takes all the risk. I remember, and I've told the story about how the first time I told Jenny that I loved her, I was taking all the risk. Now, I was pretty confident of her response the first time I told her the words, I love you. We didn't use it flippantly. We didn't use it at first. It was over the time of our relationship when I just felt the time was right. I'm going to tell this girl I love her. But even though I was pretty confident that of her response, there's still that, that sense of risk. Like, I love you. And then they say, aw. <laughs> Baby, I love you. That is so sweet. I like you too. <laughs> it's, that's, a part, that's the risk, right? But God, he takes risk. He chooses us first. Not that we love God, but that he first loved us. 
Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He chose you. He's prepared to have a relationship with you. Let's look on in Genesis 15, 1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. He said, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. In the third verse, it says, And Abraham said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. So he has no children to leave his inheritance to, so he's going to have to leave it to a worker. How can, imagine Abraham, how can this promise even remotely be true? That you would make a great nation out of me? I'm old. My wife is old. We have no kids. How can this possibly be true? And in verse 4 it says, Then the word of the Lord came to him in this way. He said, This man will not be your heir, this, this worker, this servant, will not be your heir, but a son who is of your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up to the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can even count them, then the Lord said to him, so shall your offspring be. Wow. How in the world could this be true? But God made a promise with Abraham. In the sixth verse, it says, Abraham finally conceded. Abram believed the Lord. And he credited it to him as righteousness. Imagine elderly, elderly wife, no kids. God promises that you'll be a great nation with many children, as numerous as, numerous as the stars in the sky. And something in Abram that day said, okay, I believe. He just believed. You know, what I want you to know this Christmas Eve is not just that God has prepared to start a relationship with you, but God prepared for you a promise. Just as God prepared Abraham this promise that you will be a great nation that will bless all people. We now know that blessing was the coming of the Messiah, Jesus, born in a manger. But God has a promise for you. God has a promise for you and is rooted in purpose. God has a promise for you, and it is peace. God has a promise for you, is your healing and deliverance. God has a promise for you, is freedom from what has ensnared you. It is strength when you've had weakness. It's wholeness after you've experienced brokenness. He has a promise for you that is joy, it is grace, it is mercy, and it is forgiveness. God prepared for you a promise. And maybe right now you're, you're like, <laughs> I doubt it. You don't know my life. You don't know what I've been through. I don't think God could do it. I don't think he could pull it off. Okay, Abraham. Okay. 
But if you, if you could this, this morning just have a resolute mindset to say, okay, you know what, Lord? I believe you. I believe that you have a promise for me. I believe that there's freedom for me. I believe that there's healing for me. I believe that there's strength and wholeness and joy and peace forevermore. I believe it's for me. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. And this is what I know. You will need faith when the promise doesn't seem possible. You'll need faith. And this Christmas, there is a promise for you. And when it doesn't seem possible, you'll need faith. Genesis 15, 8, it says, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? How can I know that this promise will come to pass, that it is true? How can I know? Well, in ancient times and and in the, in the Hebrew culture, they, it was very common for them to make covenant with one another. They would call it cut covenant. And there's many steps in a Hebrew covenant that they would take. Some of those steps would include that they would, would, would cut the palm of their hand so that they would bleed. And then, then the two making a covenant would grasp palms so that the, the blood would mingle as a sign of this agreement that they're making together. Another sign of making a covenant with somebody was, was that you would take an animal and you would sacrifice it and actually split it in two halves and, and, and then you would walk through the center of the two halves as an agreement basically saying if any of us breaks our agreement man we'd be like this animal on the ground in front of us I mean kind of they took this stuff pretty seriously right so Abraham says okay how can I know that your God okay El Shaddai God Almighty your promise to make my family a great nation how can I know that I will act, this will actually happen. And then the Lord says, um, he says, uh, bring me a goat and a dove. He gives them a few animals. He says, go, go gather these animals and prepare them for a sacrifice. And, and, and so Abraham, he, he puts one half this way and one half that way. And, and then this is what it says. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking firepot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces of the sacrifice. And, and what is happening here? This was very common, that you would pass through the middle of the sacrifice in an agreement with one another. But God says, okay, prepare for me the animals, do the thing, one half there, one half there, and then the smoke appears, passes through this, the center, and then it says, on that day the Lord made a covenant or a promise with Abram and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. So in other words, God, when God made this promise with Abraham, God passed through the center, and Abraham did not. Therefore, God said, I make this covenant with myself. So now, <laughs> if God makes a covenant with Abraham, and he has to hold up his hand, and God has to hold up his hand, Abraham's probably going to mess up, Right? But God makes a covenant with himself, a covenant that cannot be broken, he, and he assures him with this promise. Well, how can we know that God's promises for us are true? How can we know that God is still going to be a God of his word, that he'll do what he said he would do, that we really can have peace and hope and joy in all these things? How can we know? Well, Christmas is a really good reason that we can know that Christ did actually come. He was born in a manger. 
it did fulfill prophecy. He did live a perfect life. He did end up on a cross. And three days later, he did resurrect from the dead. So how can I know that this promise is for me? Christmas and the cross. And this promise is for you. This promise is for you. So number three, God prepared a promise that could not be broken because he promised to himself. It cannot be broken. It cannot be broken, but you have to, you have to choose which, which attitude of Abraham you're going to have. The attitude of, <laughs> my wife's old, dude. Which is what I'm saying is <laughs> an attitude of saying, yeah, right. Like, like impossible. Or the attitude of Abraham that says, okay, I believe. I believe. I believe that God has a promise that can't be broken. I believe that God has a promise for me, and it is purpose, and it is peace, and it is joy, and it is fulfillment. It is forgiveness. It is freedom. It is liberty. It is deliverance. It is grace, and it is mercy. I believe. And the promise of Christmas is this. The promise of Christmas is that God can do impossible things. That's, I, I want you to just leave this morning with, a, with some hope in your life again. With whatever impossible circumstances that you've been looking at in 2023 and are about to turn the page to a brand new year, I want Christmas to be the reminder of you that God can do impossible things. That he can make a promise to an old man and an old woman with zero kids and turn them into a nation that exists today by which Jesus came and was born of a virgin in a, in a, in a manger but then grew to be the Messiah that was ultimately killed but resurrected from the dead. And because of that, it's still resurrecting the spiritually dead today, 2,000 years later. This Christmas, God can do impossible things. Impossible things. He can restore marriages. He can bring the prodigal back home. He can bring hope where it seems hopeless. He can heal your physical body. He can do impossible things. Unwrap that gift this week. Unwrap that gift of salvation. Unwrap that gift that God has a promise for you. He's prepared it for you. And he has been on Project Christmas for a millennia. He's been at work at this. That when he made that promise to Abraham, he, he knew it was for you. When he sent Jesus to be born, he was thinking of us. And when Jesus climbed up on that cross because no one took his life, he laid it down. He knew it was for you. He knew it was for me. Project Christmas has been going on a long time. And God has been preparing for a moment such as this, that people would receive him, believe him, and be free experience the free gift of salvation for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord so do you know him have you received this gift maybe you, you maybe you would say yeah I've, I've received the gift of salvation but do you believe the promises that he has for your life Good. Yeah, yeah. Receive that this morning. 